0: And now, Spotlight Montana with Laurel Staples. Hello, everyone. Human trafficking is on the rise, and a Missoula couple here is working to turn that around. Tammy and Lowell Hochhalter join me for this episode of Spotlight Montana, and they are the founders of the Lifeguard Group, and it's a nonprofit group committed to fighting human trafficking and helping agencies and families search for those missing. And welcome to both of you. Thank, Thank you thanks. for coming. Thank thanks you. for having us. According to the National Human Trafficking Resource Center, Montana has seen an increase in human Mm -hmm. trafficking since 2014. Really some troubling information there. What's behind this trend? What's going on out there?
1: Well, human trafficking is growing simply because it's such a lucrative uh, business, if Mm -hmm. you will. We're seeing such an increase in not only our larger cities, our metropolitan areas, but our what we would consider a transient trafficking area like Missoula. People aren't, pimps aren't necessarily coming here to set up a trafficking ring, but they're on their way from Seattle to Chicago or when the Bakken oil fields were at its height, uh, they were moving through here and they're gonna stop at the Y, they're gonna stop at the Bonner Town Pump, and they're gonna make their money uh, when they can, then they're gonna move on. But we are now seeing um, a lot of recruitment taking place out of our rural communities, which of course is Montana
0: what main method are they using with the rural communities
2: well a lot of a lot of young girls young boys as well uh, if they're from a small town have the dreams of going to the big city these traffickers will come in they'll promise them the world and you know they can be quite charming in the beginning Hmm. Uh, they know exactly what to say to win the young girls the young boys their trust and so it's just, it's just a matter of, especially if it comes, they come perhaps from a, a home life that's not, hasn't been everything that they had dreamed of or hoped for and these traffickers come in and promise them the moon and obviously that's not gonna happen, but um, that's how they get their attention and they use that charm and the charm doesn't last very long.
0: Tammy, you work with the survivors and the victims. What are you seeing out there? Describe what, the, what it's like with your work
2: you know, I think a lot of people, we hear quite often, um, you know, oh, when, when you rescue a young girl um, or a young boy and they say, oh, I, they, they must be so excited to, to get away from their trafficker, but there's also that bond mm. that happens there. So that's one of the, the main things is when you do a rescue um, and First, you've got to win their trust, of course. They are, somebody else came into their life at one point, and all the things that we're promising them, we're saying, hey, we've got a safe place for you to be. We can, we'll buy you the clothes that you need. We'll get you the medical care that you need or the counseling, whatever it is. Um, somebody has promised them that before and that's why they find themselves in the place that they're in. So in the beginning you've just got to build a relationship with them. You've got to listen. A lot of times no one has ever listened to them before. You have to realize that they may not, they want to be rescued, but they may not want to be rescued because it's familiar. They're more, um, they feel more at ease in the situation that they're in. And so that can be hard. The average um, Person that we rescue will go back to their abusers about seven times the average of seven times so there's just the, um, you know building that relationship we had one uh, girl that we still are working with been working with her for five years but I'm telling you the first two years that we worked with her it was a nightly call 10 11 o'clock the phone would ring I'd be on the phone with her for an hour or two and finally after two years she said Tammy I don't trust you Mm. but I trust you more than I trust anybody else in my life.
0: Wow. So even once you find them, there's challenges in bringing them home. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And, and a lot of times home isn't the last place that they need to be. Okay. Um, you know, we work a lot, of course, with the missing uh, kids that go missing or runaways. We know that they are one of our top vulnerable populations mm-hmm. for being trafficked. You know, a kid on the street, within the first 48 hours, statistics will show us that 80 percent of them will be approached by a pimp or a trafficker already within that time frame and so uh they're running from something even more so than they're running to something and so we've learned i've learned by experience to tell a kid or to tell a person listen i just want to get you back home you see that horror in their eyes and that is the last place they want to go because oftentimes it's right where all of this started mm-hmm. and so We've learned to say things like we want to get you somewhere safe you deserve to be safe Mm -hmm. you don't deserve what's happening to you
0: so it's not necessarily home it's being safe right Right. okay how many cases are you working on right now
1: um actively we are working i mean as far as with survivors and victims there it probably would shock some folks even in missoula and in montana that we i mean we work with the survivors group here of Mm -hmm trafficking victims that have been trafficked that are on that road to recovery. Um, And there are several of them that meet together and just are walking through that process of restoration. Um, Live cases that are there, of course, we work right alongside law enforcement. We're not the cops and we don't pretend to be, well, sometimes we (laughs) pretend to be the cops. But, you know, we know our limitations, but we also know that there are things that are available to us that aren't available to the cops. I don't need a warrant. I don't need a subpoena. I can ask all the questions I want. You know, and our concern is the safety mm-hmm. and the well-being of that victim, as well as it is with law enforcement. But they're they're charged with enforcing the law and prosecuting those that are, are doing the trafficking or that are on the, the uh, demand side. Mm-hmm. Our number one focus is the victim and how can we help him or her uh, find that deserving place in life of being free. Mm
0: -hmm. And then you're also called out for current cases, active cases, looking Mm -hmm. for missing people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's that like? You work with the families as well Mm -hmm. and the, the law enforcement agencies.
1: Well, it's you know, I, I always say to our team, like a missing kid is not important until it's yours. And I'll never forget when my, when our son was sick and Tammy had left to go home for a bit and she came back to the hospital and she said, hey, will you, why don't you go home for a minute and I'll stay here. And I reluctantly left the hospital and I remember getting in my car and I was I was driving home. I, I looked around and there were people driving, businesses were open and in my mind I thought, don't you folks know, my, my son is like sick mm-hmm. on his deathbed in the hospital. And you are, it's business as usual. And that's the same that I think that happens with you know, when a missing mm-hmm. kid comes, whether it's across your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed, or even across the news, people are like, oh, that's, that's sad, another one's missing. But if we would allow ourselves to be enveloped with the situation and say, you know, that's somebody's son, that's somebody's mm-hmm. daughter, and if we would just stop for a minute and do whatever we could, Some have the time to go and search and join a volunteer search. Some have the time to, you know, put up a poster, a flyer, even if it's just sharing that poster on social media. Um it's a it's horrific when a family calls and says our son or our daughter is missing and we just need your help. I mean it's there's there's no sense of urgency like that.
2: Yeah, and a couple years back we were working on a case and um the young girl that went missing was a montana girl ended up in vegas and it doesn't always take a lot of people say or think i just don't have time to get involved it's going to be you know time-consuming and it can be Mm -hmm. But in this particular situation, somebody had gone out, passed out some flyers, and a a bouncer at one of the clubs in Vegas happened to look across the street, saw the girl, she was rescued. So sometimes it's just as easy
0: as keeping your eyes open. Sure, and that involvement is really important. Absolutely. For those listening, in fact, for those listening right now and would like to help out in some way, what do they need to know?
1: Well, I mean, if, if you um, are interested in helping with a search or being a part of our team that trains and all the different aspects that um, that we're involved with, you can connect with us on Facebook. Um, we put all our searches out that way, um, like we have with the Jermaine Charlo, and we've had great response. But it still shocks me, like, how are there not 500, 1,000 people here looking for this young girl? Mm-hmm. Um, even to take an hour and to help comb this area. Like I said, it's, it's not important until it's your kid and then the world should stop and, and look. And so there's so many ways to be involved, so many ways.
0: In fact, you mentioned Jermaine Charlotte, Sunday marked the one year anniversary yeah. of her disappearance. What's the latest on the search? What more needs to be done? I know you, you alluded to that a little bit. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we're gonna continue to search. We've been there up to this point i want to say there's about 16 searches that we have done ground searches and that doesn't count all of the things that law enforcement has done uh, along their investigative side and following people of interest and and stuff like that Uh, the confederated salish kootenai tribe uh, their tribal council just came out uh, last week and has offered an additional ten thousand so a full eleven thousand dollar reward that lead Mm -hmm. for information that leads to the uh, conviction or arrest of those responsible for her disappearance.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's one. And then there's so many cases that you're working on at this time, missing yeah. persons. How many of the missing persons cases?
1: Uh, right now we have, I would say we have three, what we would call live cases that are con- that are moving, mm-hmm. that we are involved with. And some are local here to Missoula. Some are national.
0: Do you, do you need more resources? More, you know, right now, what, what I'm thinking right now is that um, there was the first meeting for the newly appointed Missing Indigenous Persons Task Force. Do you feel like it's all going in the right direction with that?
1: As long as it's moving, at least mm. now we're moving. And uh, I think it's important for the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls, you know, but let's not take the focus off of, you know, there are non-native girls and boys that are going missing as well. Um, you can't browse Facebook. Uh, without every day at least seeing one or two um, out of Helena, out of Billings, out of Great Falls, uh, another kid going missing. So there's at least we're moving, and we're moving in a in a. I, it seems like it's in a right direction. Um, oftentimes, as things move along in in time, people become disinterested and frustrated. Like even with Jermaine, we. We have to continually keep that to the forefront. Listen, this is not about a search. This is not about a missing person. This is about Mm Germaine. And when you continue to keep the person in front of you, your motivation is easy.
0: Okay. Well, in preventing human trafficking or something like this from happening, What are, and also I understand traffickers are using new abduction tactics. What do Mm -hmm. parents need to know? What are the warning signs out there? I would
2: say one thing that a lot of people don't realize, and Lil and I have talked, especially when we first started uh, working in this area, is we raised our older two kids a little bit differently than we did our younger two kids because we knew more. Mm -hmm. So the mall is a huge, people are shocked by that. But great, if you go to the mall in Missoula and you are there for any amount of time, you would most likely see some form, if you know what you're looking for, there is Mm -hmm. trafficking going on in the mall, and nothing against the mall, but same thing with our high schools. Trafficking happens right out of our high schools. I think those are the two biggest recruiting points that most communities have, is is the local mall and the schools.
0: What about the convenience stores, the truck stops? Some of those? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely, I mean, it's,
1: you know, we've we've got reports all the time of uh, trafficking that takes place at truck stops you know a, a pimp will will ride into town will stop at a truck stop and will tell his girl girls or boys listen you've got this many hours you, you don't come back to this car until you have a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars in your pocket or whatever his form of motivation i guess would be that's what she's going to expect as a consequence and um, it's quick money and it's it's fairly easy money for him obviously mm-hmm. and the fact is is that i mean it's it's so lucrative and it's so undetectable for people be, not because it's not out, right out in front of us it's because there's just not an awareness mm-hmm. and the more aware we are the more educated we are the more we can defend not only our sons and our daughters but we can defend our society mm-hmm. and we're doing a very poor job you know in 2016 the trafficking in persons report came out with um, 27 million estimated worldwide being trafficked the 2018 trafficking in persons report just came out and it's now an estimated 40.3 million so we're doing a terrible job and uh, you've got some on one side saying you've got to attack the demand you've got others on the other side saying we've got to go after the pimp and the trafficker Um, but if we would just focus on the victim everything would come around that realize that these are people being bought and sold being held in slavery, uh, you know, June 19th being Juneteenth, that where we celebrate and recognize slavery uh, as a world. And it's it's more alive and more well in our world today. There are more slaves that walk the face of the earth than at any other time in, in all of history. But the the fact of the matter is that nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, not a lot of people are willing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And the result of that is it just continues to grow.
0: All right. Well it's very troubling and more of an awareness needs to be done. So as we wrap up here, is there if there is someone out there listening right now to this podcast and is in a human trafficking situation or suspect a human trafficking situation, what should that person do?
1: Well if you're if you're a victim of human trafficking, if you feel if you're being held against your will, if somebody is forcing you to do the things that you do not want to do, um call nine one one. There are I know that you've been told that law enforcement doesn't care, they don't understand, but I'm telling you, they do. And they care about you and they will come and they will help you. They will connect you to resources and services. And there's this, they've been, they've been conditioned to think that um, by shame or by physical restraint or uh, torture, mm-hmm. that they are not free to go. And if they do go, they're just gonna be brought back. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case.
0: Okay. And then for those that want to get involved, just contact the Lifeguard Group. You're Mm -hmm. located on Facebook. I know you have a lot of workshops and seminars going Mm -hmm. on, and you're really good at providing that information on Facebook. And a lot of that's free to the public, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Okay. And that wraps up this episode. And you can also watch this podcast and listen to this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks. And now, Spotlight Montana with Laurel Staples.